Amen. Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Hallelujah. God, you're awesome and amazing this morning. Amen. I thought of the words that David wrote in Psalms 40. He lifted me out of a horrible pit and set my feet on a rock. How many feel that way about the Lord today? That He lifted you out of that miry clay of sin and shame. Amen. But He set your feet on a solid ground this morning. Amen. Aren't you glad that we thought we were someone and sin made us nothing, but God saw nothing and made us someone. Amen. Can we lift our hand to heaven and just say, Lord, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your saving grace and your saving power, Lord. I stand as a testimony today of your great love. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. But thanks so much for joining us today, whether you're joining us online or here at the church. And we, we just want to get to know you. So if you're visiting with us, we do have uh, in the back, we have a connection table and we have people waiting to meet you. And for that, you would just get to know us and we would get to know you even if you're just visiting for the day. Uh, we just would really just like to meet you. So, uh, and we're so thankful for everyone that's come today and prayed. You know, how many have been praying for uh, the situation and the fires out west and some of the families and homes and things like that? And let's just continue to pray. Uh, you know, whether you feel it's judgment from God or whether you feel it's just uh, arson or whatever you, whatever you think it is, it doesn't matter. We need to pray for safety, right? And God's blessing and protection over people and families. And uh, so we just want to just continue to pray for our nation, pray for our city, pray for our community, pray for your family. Amen. How many know God loves it when you pray? Amen. God loves it when we pray today. And I just wanted to share something today, encourage you. We've been sharing, I guess, seven weeks. I didn't realize it was that long on family and marriage. And uh, we finished up last week our kids' role in the family and what that looks like from the Bible's point of view. And uh, this week, I just felt to take a little bit of a break and encourage you and share uh, something that would encourage you. How many know the Bible says that when we come together, our purpose is to encourage one another? Does anybody know that? To encourage one another, to build each other up, as the Bible says, to edify, uses the word edify, it means to build up. And so this morning, we just want to encourage you with the word, and we want to build you up in your faith. How many know it's important that we stand strong in our faith in this hour? Come on, come on, that we stand really strong. You may not know every verse in the Bible, but you know in whom you believe. Come on, you know in your Redeemer, you know God, you know Amen. His word is strong and powerful. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, and I want to hopefully strengthen your faith. And I just want to talk to you a little bit out of Isaiah chapter 40. And so if you'll turn or click with me, we'll read the word and we'll pray. But I just want to talk to you about the strength in waiting on God. Strength in waiting. In Isaiah chapter 40, in verse 28. A very familiar passage of scripture, but it it's really talking to Israel, the nation of Israel. So it's kind of a, a national message, but also the house of Jacob. And it says in uh, Isaiah 40 and verses 28, I'm going to start in verse 28. You know what it says this? It says that um, who, who's known and who has heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not. He doesn't fail. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. Neither is weary. He doesn't get tired. There is no searching of his understanding in verse 29. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even to the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I just want to encourage you today and talk about strength in waiting. Lord, we just thank you for your word. I thank you for this opportunity to gather together to hear from your word today. I don't want to take that for granted when some people around the world have no Bible at all. No opportunity to meet. No freedom to meet. No freedom to worship, Lord. And I thank you for that freedom today. And we don't take it for granted, but we take, Lord, full use of it. We make full use of our time today. But, Lord, I pray, Lord, that just parts would be strengthened today. Just use me to encourage somebody and encourage hearts. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. And everybody said, Amen. When you think of waiting on the Lord, they that wait on the Lord, what's the first thing I think about is I think of prayer. Is that correct? I don't know about you, but I think of prayer, waiting on the Lord. We think of prayer. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And he's talking about how that God is able to do what we cannot do, as we sang earlier today. God is the God of the impossible. How many know God can do what I can't do, right? God can do what you can't do. God can do far above what you can imagine, the Bible says. What you can even dream of, God can do it way better. Amen. And God can do it all. Is that right? God can do it all. And so I believe that one of the third things as I read this, I, I just want to bring a couple things out that, that Isaiah is talking about here. And I want to encourage you today and encourage you in strength in waiting. He's talking about prayer. He's talking about spending quality time with the Lord. How many know it's important to spend quality time with the Lord? Amen. Amen. Someone said it's about quality, not quantity. But how many know when you spend time with the Lord, it becomes precious, it becomes good? So how many know it's both quantity and quality with God? Is that right? But usually when I think about waiting on the Lord, I think about spending time with Him. I, I think about just being silent before the Lord, just calming yourself and waiting on the Lord. How many know, not being anxious. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. And I think of that. I think of what it means to almost take a breath. How many have a watch that tells you to take a breath? Right? You have an app or whatever that tells you to take 15 minutes and just calm down and think about life and and how many know that appreciate that? Well, well, the Bible has been doing that for a long time, been telling us, amen, the Holy Spirit is that app, amen? It's like that reminder, you've got to just wait on God, spend some time in His presence, amen, just be silent. And some people don't like to be quiet. I don't know about you, but, you know, when you go through a drive through that's exactly what you want to do. You don't want to sit through, you want to drive through, is that right? So if some, they take over 90 seconds. Right? As McDonald's promises under 90 seconds, it's like, this is the slowest McDonald's I've ever been to. I've been here for 93 seconds. This is, this is crazy. What's going on in there? What are they taking them so long? Right? And so, but God wants us to wait on Him. Now you think, well, Brother Matt, why would you talk about waiting on the Lord when really God is calling us to take action in our generation? Because waiting on God... There's a strength that comes from waiting on God that gives you the strength to do what He's called you to do. Right? How many know you'll never do anything great for God if you don't know how to spend time with a great God? Amen. And so we've got to do that. And so part of that, that definition, and when, when Isaiah is writing this, wait means to bind together. Like a twisting of a cord. It, there's, a, there's a coming together of God's heart and your heart. And sometimes your life can be so fast-paced your, your world can be so crazy that you really don't spend time and quality time with God and you really don't understand what God is doing. How many know we need Christians that aren't just running around yelling at people? We need Christians that understand what God is doing in this hour. 
that will be able to speak what God is doing in a very eloquent way, right? That makes a lot of sense. And so I believe that waiting on the Lord, you say, well, yeah, yeah, we don't need to hear more about prayer. Well, you're the person that needs to hear it the most. Amen. I don't like to wait. I like to get up in the morning and do my thing and exercise. And I'm out the door and i got a busy day. And you know what? We can wait on the Lord as you're driving to work, as you're exercising, as you're, uh, as you're living your life and cooking and doing whatever you're doing, working. How many know you can wait on the Lord while you're at work? Amen. I'm not talking about wasting your boss's hours and time. Amen. What are you doing? Why aren't you working? I'm waiting on God today. How many know that doesn't fly with a boss? Well, it doesn't fly with God because that's not what it really means. Amen. But there's those times where you need to do that. I'm uh, thankful for some of the older people in my generation that I've met, men and women of God that have, have really talked to me and explained to me what it means to wait on the Lord. And there's times where they've gone through things in their life and they're still busy, they're still ministering, traveling all over the world, and yet they're waiting on the Lord. Isn't that amazing how you can do that? How many know you can still walk and pray at the same time? Amen. And so this is what he's saying. And so I would encourage you that there's strength in waiting today. You know, in fact, the more I get involved in prayer, the more I get involved in God's Word, the more God gets involved in my situation. How many believe that? I like what Pastor Greg Lowry said this morning. He said, if we're not going to put that effort in prayer, why should God put the effort in the answer? Amen. How many know that we, we need to get involved in prayer? And the more I do, the more God gets involved in my situation. Someone said, don't say God isn't speaking if your Bible is closed. Amen? Well, I haven't heard from God for a while. Why don't you open the Bible? Amen? And read a little bit. Then you'll hear from the Lord. But you know, this is a key in prayer. This teaches us to be consistent in prayer. And waiting on the Lord teaches us to come to the place where we give Him first place. Where we, we recognize the Lord first before our day, before our task, before any situation. Is anybody listening? We, we recognize God first. We put Him first. We say, God... I could do a lot of things right now, but I choose to put you in front of this. I choose to put you in front of my day. I dedicate my time to you, my day to you, my family, my situation. How many know it teaches you to be consistent in prayer? How many know we need to be consistent in prayer? Right? Amen? As a husband and wife, you need to be consistent in communication. Is that right? Right? I mean, Lord knows what kind of relationship with you have if you only talked at Christmas. And some people only talk to God at Christmas or Easter. Amen, but he wants you to talk to him all the time. And so that consistency in prayer, also waiting on the Lord, that consistency in prayer is being able to pray through something. Being able to stay with it until God breaks through, until you see the answers come, until there is a solution that comes, until it's resolved, until you're over the hump, whatever you want to say, that teaches us to pray through. And someone said, don't just get through prayer, but pray through. Amen. How many like that? I, I like that. That teaches me a lot. Amen. Let me just give you six great reasons to pray. Number one, we're God's children and He loves to hear from us. Number two, it deepens our trust in God. When you pray, you're saying, God, I trust you. Above everything else, above every, everything I, I, the way I feel, circumstances around me, I trust you first. It causes us to de depend on the Lord, where I'm depending on God. Have you ever heard old-timers say that? I'm depending on the Lord. Well, what does that mean? That means they come to the place that they actually are depending on the Lord to speak, to move, to do it instead of them. Amen. And so they're depending on the Lord. It gives us the chance to express ourselves completely to the Lord. That's important, isn't it? And then I believe fifthly is that it, it, our prayers are, are move the heart of God. 
We see this over and over again. How many know when, 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 our heart, when our prayers move the heart of God, God's hand moves and things begin to move in our lives and in our world. And so, and the last thing is it's amazing. Really, it's an amazing way that we get to be involved in what God is doing, already doing, all over the world. Amen? And in our world, too. So there's six great reasons to pray. But it's about prayer. It really is. But here's what waiting on God is really about. It's about waiting. <laughs> it's about waiting. It's waiting for God to move. It's waiting for God to bring an answer. It's waiting on Him. That's what it is. So, Brother Matt, it sounds so simple. How, much, how hard is that to do, though? Is that correct? How hard is it to do? It's just waiting. And that word waiting means to expect. I'm expecting the Lord to move. How many are expecting God to move in your situation? Amen. How many are expecting God to bless your children, to bless your kids, to bless your, your, your business and things? I'm looking to God. I'm expecting the Lord to move. That meant what it means to wait on God. It means that, Lord, I'm waiting for you. It's your turn. I put the ball in your court. I've already had my turn. Now it's your turn. Amen. How many know? When, when, let me just ask you a question. What do you do? When you've did anything you know to do, when you've done everything you know to do, what do you do? You wait. Come on, somebody. When you fasted, when you prayed, you talked to the pastor, you did this, you talked to your friends, you got, you got a prayer network going on, you already posted things on, and what do you do? You wait. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have ever waited on God? Almost every hand in this building should go up. I've waited on the Lord. I've waited for God to answer me. So, well, you pray about it? Yes, I prayed about it like 50 times today. So what do I do now? I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on the Lord to give me an answer. I'm waiting on a breakthrough. I'm waiting for the Lord to move on my family member. I've already talked to him. I've already prayed for him. I've preached him in a corner. I've turned him off at family reunions. I've done everything I know to do. I mean, no, you've slipped the notes in. You put them in the lunchbox. You put it on. Come on, you posted these things. You've given them a lot of hints. You've done everything you can do. What do you do now? You wait on God. But there's strength in waiting. See, something happens when we begin to wait, when we wait on the Lord. That's what Isaiah is trying to, to really describe to the children of Israel he, and the people of God. He's saying, look, something amazing happens when you wait. You wait for something to happen. You wait for God to move. You're waiting for that answer. David prayed this, God, why are you taking so long to move? How many of you ever read those scriptures from David? Lord, my enemies are chasing me. The nation's in shambles. I'm hiding in a cave. How long are you going to take? And David knew what waiting on the Lord was all about. Because he wrote in Psalm 62, verse 5, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Amen. How many know when, when we say that I'm waiting on the Lord, that means that it's on its way? The answer is on its way. What do you do? You wait for a package. Well, I ordered it a couple days ago. It said it's going to be here, and so I'm waiting. How many ever stood at the door and waited for a package? That's how intense you are about that item. I mean, you wanted that thing, and you, then you're getting online and tracking it and finding out where it was. You're trying to call UPS, FedEx, see who's, you know, who the delivery guy is because you're going to give him a piece of your mind because it's 12 o'clock and your package isn't here. How many know you can say about the Lord, my package is on the way. My answer is on the way. Amen. He's given me a gift, and it's on the way. That's what it means to, to, to wait on the Lord. That's what it means to have strength in waiting on God. Hallelujah. It's being delivered to you. 
It's coming to you. Hallelujah. How many know Daniel found this out when he prayed? The Bible says he waited 21 days. That was a slow package. I don't know what carrier uh, you know, company it was, but it was the worst in all of Israel, right? It took 21 days for that answer to get there. But nevertheless, the Bible makes it clear, the moment you prayed, the answer was on the way. All you had to do, Daniel, was what? Wait. There's strength in waiting. Amen. See, waiting isn't just doing nothing. Waiting is moving forward and keep walking while you're living, while you're, while you're praying, while you're waiting. For, come on, it's still living, isn't it, right? doesn't mean you're not doing anything about it. doesn't mean you're not taking steps. You've got to stay in the race. You've got to stay in the fight. It's not acting out of anger. It's not basing things on, on what you see and what you hear. But it's waiting on the Lord. Amen. And I like that. Because Isaiah talks about that. He talks about three things that we're going to get into. About how you can still wait on the Lord while you're still moving forward. In Psalms 27 verse 14, it says, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. How many know sometimes we've got to hear it twice? Amen. I don't know about you, but I prayed about something and the Lord said, just wait on it. And then like an hour later, okay, how about now? How about, how about now? Five minutes later, what, how about now? You okay, God? You're going to answer now? Now? How about now? Right? Now? And God says a week later, wait on it. How about now? You ready? God, because I'm, I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready for the answer. And God just says, you need to wait. Amen. I want to know because God knows there's strength in waiting. There's strength in waiting. Amen. And so here's a couple things that I wrote down is that what waiting brings. Some of the things that I found that waiting brings, it brings trust. It brings trusting in God. It doesn't trust in my emotions, trust in my feelings, trust in my own wisdom, trust in my good ideas. I'm trusting in the Lord. It brings courage. It takes a lot to wait on God. It takes a lot to wait for the answer and not be impulsive and impatient. It takes a lot to do that. So it takes courage. It, it's, there's renewal and refreshing when you wait on the Lord. There, we're going to discover that. It, it's re renewal. There's something refreshing about waiting on the Lord. How I many know there's something a little bit good about waiting on what God's going to do, right? There's something good about it. And then the last thing that I've discovered about it is what waiting brings is hope. Waiting brings hope. Now, when I say something about I hope something's going to happen, it doesn't sound very encouraging, does it? It doesn't sound very positive. Well, did you pass the test? I hope I did. I mean, no, that doesn't sound very positive, does it? It's not that kind of hope. When you say, you know, I, I hope everything works out for you. Yeah, I hope it will. I mean, no, that doesn't sound very positive. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a very uh, intentional, a very purposeful, a very confident yes in God. I, my hope is in God. All my hope is in Him, as David said. I hope in Him. I wake up in the morning and I'm hoping in the Lord. I'm putting my trust in Him. That's what it means. And so Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not give up or faint. And so sometimes the hope that we like to, to say isn't the hope that God wants to put in your heart. Let God put hope in your heart today. I mean, I know you're discouraged. I know you're faced with a lot of people. And I don't know about you, but how many know there's always a discouraging person in the bunch? There's always somebody that the sky is falling, right? There's, I mean, something negative is always happening in their life. Amen? But listen, keep your hope in the Lord. Let your trust be in God. 
Amen. I'm not talking about living in denial. I'm talking about living in hope. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is what it's about. And so Psalms 42, verse 5. I'm quoting a lot from David because he learned these things from the Lord. It says, he says this three times, actually, in Psalms. And it says, why, talking to himself, really, he says, my soul, are you downcast? Are you discouraged? Why are you disturbed within me on the inside? And you're agonizing and, 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 and depressed and discouraged. He said, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Three times he says that. Put your hope in the Lord. He says, why am I discouraged? God's bigger than me. God's bigger than this. God's got my back. Why am I so discouraged today? I mean, he's the, he's the God of tomorrow. Why am I even fretting today? Right? Amen. Put your hope in the Lord. Psalms 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. In His Word, I put my hope. In His Word, I put my trust. See, there's strength, as one translation says, there's strength for those who wait with hope in the Lord or on the Lord. And it's a call to persevering in the faith. And that's what Isaiah is saying is don't give up. Be consistent. Stay per persevering in the faith. And, and, and because God's going to do something while you wait. There's a renewed strength, as you were, will, in waiting on the Lord. And that's the second thing I want to bring out today is what he says in verse 31. A renewed strength. The renewed strength. Something happens when we wait on the Lord. There's, there's strength in waiting. Now notice what he says in verse 30 and writes this. He says, even young people faint and get exhausted. I mean, to know young people always are a, a picture of energy and strength and life. Come on, right? I mean, we've been certain for, searching for the fountain of youth for a long time. Someone said, we, don't need a, uh, we need a fountain of smart. We already have youth. Amen. So we've been doing that, but you know, there's a renewed strength, and even young people get exhausted, the Bible says. Even athletic people stumble and fall. But those who wait for God's grace and God's hope will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without giving up or growing weary and walk through life without giving up. Think about it. That's what it means, renewed strength. There is a supernatural strength that God gives you. There is a renewed strength that when you put your trust in the Lord, put your hope in God, and when you pray and you worship and you say, God, that's what worship's all about. Worship, as Brother Michael said, it's not about us, it's about God. It's saying, Lord, you're bigger than I am. You're greater than I am. I worship you this morning with the trees. Did you know that? The Bible says all creation worships the Lord. Think about it. And next month is hunting season opens, and there's a lot of guys that are going to be worshiping out there with the Lord. Amen. Worshiping creation. Amen. So, amen. So this is what he's saying. And you know, it's not generated from positive thinking and happy memes and, and all these things that you try to fluff yourself up with. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from your relationship with the Lord. There is a supernatural strength that God gives you. I've seen it a hundred times when a family goes through a very difficult situation, probably a death of an unexpected death of a loved one. How can you walk through something like that and still be okay and not fall apart and, and get on drugs and lose your mind? How can you do that? Because there's a divine strength that comes to you. Amen? And there's a divine strength that you can walk through a situation. I look at people and say, I don't know how you can do that. That person seems to be in the hospital more than they're at home. But there's a divine strength that God gives them to be able to walk through that situation. Is that right? 
Amen. And so there is a divine strength. But notice what he says here, and I want to bring something out about three things that he talked about here. He said that they that wait on, on the Lord shall renew their strength. They what? It says soar, soaring, running, and walking. Did you notice that? Soaring. You'll soar like on wings like eagles, and, and you'll, you'll run, and you'll walk. Think about it. So that speaks of three things to me. It speaks of encouragement. It speaks of confidence and determination. And if you read that uh, account, that's exactly what he's talking to the children of Israel about. So he's talking about encouragement. How many know the Lord wants to encourage you today? How many, how many are going to receive encouragement from God today? He wants to give it to you. I want to receive it. He wants to give you confidence. I'm not talking about arrogance, but confidence. David said, my confidence is in you. There's a confidence in the Lord. And a determination, the Lord wants to give you that today. So soaring, running, and walking, I see those three things. And you know, it speaks of the seasons of life that you go through. How many know there's seasons that you soar, right? When you're first married, you feel like you're just up there in the clouds somewhere. You know, how many know there's seasons of walking or running and there's seasons of walking? How many know there's just times that you just walk through things? Is that right? How many know there's times you're just running? You're just running and it seems good and great and things are happening. It's great. You're running and walking. It, it speaks of seasons of life. It, see, it speaks also of situations that you're in, different situations. And it also speaks of your spiritual health. And so a lot of times as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about this, you know, it talks about the different growth that you go through in the Lord. But I like what verse 31 says in one translation. It says, walk without fainting. Walk without fainting. I read something this week I want to share uh, when it comes to this verse. He said that you're going to soar, or run, or walk. He talked about uh, one author put it this way, and one commentary put it this way, is he gave the example of the tabernacle of Moses. I mean, have you ever read about the tabernacle of Moses in the Old Testament? And what did you have in the tabernacle of Moses? You had the outer court, you had the inner court, and you had the Holy of Holies, the holy place. Is that right? Come on, everybody watch, you know... Uh, Crusaders there, lost, the, the lost ark. So the, and so, you know, that's one of the things that you see is you see in the Old Testament. And so one of this author said is that the outer, outer core is where we walk. The inner core is where we run. And the, we soar like eagles in the holy of holies, the inner core. Amen. And so it talks a lot about spiritual experiences and, and different situations that we're in and our spiritual health. And I like what Hebrews 10.19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. How many know God wants to bring you in that place where you're soaring like, wing, um, like you're on eagle's wings? Come on, amen? How many like being in those places of the heavenly places? It's really good and healthy to be in those places, isn't it? Right? Now, I'm not talking about being overly, uh, you know, religious or hyper-spiritual. You know, that you're just, you're, you're, I'm, I can't go to work. I can't provide for my family. Nobody can tell me what to do because I'm just soaring in the heavenlies. And No, I'm not talking about being hyper-spiritual. I'm not talking about that. Why? Because you can't live on a, on a spiritual high. You can't live on an emotional experience. But you can live by God's Word. Amen? You can live by God's Word. And they that wait upon the Lord will experience these soaring uh, times in the Lord or soaring above your enemy, soaring above your circumstances. How many know our circumstances are like a mattress? You know, if, you, if it gets on top of you, you get smothered, but you get on top of it, you can rest. Amen? And so this is what Isaiah is saying, is that we can do this. And I like that because it's talking about a spiritual position that we have in Christ. I know that because the Bible says in Colossians, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth, right? 
Is that what it says? And then it also says in Ephesians that we are seated together in what? Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So soaring like on wings of like eagles, that's biblical. That's right. Many people are like, hey, brother, stop being so hyper-spiritual and act, come down and walk on the earth, dude. No, there's times we need to soar. There's times where the Holy Spirit's going to move on you and speak to you and God's going to bless you that you feel like I'm soaring on wings of eagles. How many know when you wait on the Lord, God wants to take you to that place? Is that right? Because when you wait on the Lord, some of you need to walk and not get weary. I mean, run and not be weary. And some of you need to walk and not faint. And so when I talk about these things soaring on wings like eagles, I'm not endorsing in any way an NFL team today. I need to say that because I'm in Pennsylvania. But listen to this about some things about soaring on wings like eagles. That an eagle has the longest lifespan of any bird. That's why uh, Isaiah used this analogy. Because he has the lifespan of any, longest lifespan of any bird. How many know there's long life in Christ Jesus? There's good life in Christ. There is long life and good days in the Lord. And also an eagle can reach some of the highest altitudes of any bird. Think about it. Amen. How many know they go a lot higher than a pigeon? The Bible, I'm thankful that Isaiah didn't say that you'll fly like a pigeon. They get hit by cars all the time. But you fly like an eagle. You stay above everything and you stay out of danger. But you know something, I read something a long time ago and I thought about it, and that is the story of the eagle and how he treats his, his, his uh, predator, or the predator, the snake, and how he deals with the snake. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. But the eagle doesn't fight the snake on the ground. It picks it up into the sky and changes the battleground. It then releases the snake into the sky. And so the snake has no stamina, no power, no balance in the air. And it's useless and weak and vulnerable. Unlike when it's on the ground, it's powerful, wise, and deadly. And how many know the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God wants you to be up in this place when you're waiting on Him. He wants you to be at that place where you're taking the enemy, amen, to another fight. Is that right? Amen. That you're not just coming down to His level, right? But you're bringing the enemy to another level. Now I'm going to fight from a different point of view. Come on, somebody. Amen. God wants you to fight from a different point of view, from His point of view, from His... How many know when you're soaring like an eagle, you can see what God sees? How many know when you, you're on the ground and you look up and you see an airplane go by? You know, it's like, oh, there's a little silver thing going through the sky. But how many know you've been 40,000 feet up and you look down and it's like, look at that, wow. And you see different, don't you? You hear different. And you, and you feel different. And so God wants you to hear and see and feel what He hears. That's what Jesus said. That He said, I hear, I speak what my Father is saying. I'm hearing what God's saying. And so there's those times that we need to soar on wings like eagles. Amen. And that comes through waiting on the Lord. Somebody already quoted it. Brother Anthony, we didn't talk, but he quoted this. I was going to quote this, Psalms 103. He quoted verse 3. I'm going to quote verse 5. But he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Forget not his benefits and all that God does for me. What does he do? He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is what? Renewed like the eagles. How many know God wants to renew your strength today? God wants to refresh you today. God wants you to be strengthened in him today. And you just need to wait on the Lord. And I want to just give you this comparison real quick that I saw Years ago, and I, I was reminded of it when I thought about this and I began to study the comparison of something, and that is in Psalms chapter 1 and the comparison of Isaiah chapter 40. What does it say if you turn or click uh, to Psalms 1 
verse 1 and 2. What does it say? It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. His delight, what he really is passionate about, or what he loves, what is he really focused on. His delight, his attention is given to the law of God. How many know we could say that this is like waiting on the Lord? All our attention is on the Lord, right? Come on. Our focus is on God. We're trusting in Him. So we could say it's the same thing. But listen, listen to what it says here. As blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. So I like to think of it this way. What Isaiah is encouraging us to do, to wait on the Lord. When you wait on the Lord, you'll be soaring when other people are walking. You'll be running when others are standing. And you'll be walking when other people are sitting. Think about it. How many know that the devil wants you to stop and give up and quit? He wants you to sit down. He wants you to stop what you're doing. Stop your progress in the Lord. But how many know when you wait on the Lord, you keep moving forward? God doesn't want you to stand in the counsel of the ungodly. He wants you to soar on wings of eagles. Amen. And so when you wait, you, you begin to see that God has something different in mind. How many know the Bible says that, you know, if you just sit around and you, you complain, I believe you're going to be miserable. Someone said the formula for being miserable is go in a room and think about yourself for five minutes. But when you think about what God says about you, when you think about what God's Word determines about your future, come on, there's a confidence that comes and a hope that comes and there's strength in waiting on the Lord. Amen. Not taking counsel from the ungodly, not walking in the, and sitting in the seat of the scornful, but He wants you to soar, He wants you to run, and He wants you to walk. While you're waiting on Him. Amen. And the last thing I just wanted to point out about this verse is that God does His part. See, this is what He's trying to give you the, the whole message the whole time. Go back in verse 28. You can click or, or turn back to Isaiah 40, verse 28. He said, God never gets weary or He never gets worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. He empowers the feeble and He infuses the powerless with increasing strength. How many know God does His part? So Isaiah is trying to encourage you and saying, look, do your part. Wait on the Lord because guess what? God's going to do His part. God's going to renew you with strength. God's going to allow you to see what you can't see without Him. Come on. God's going to let you hear some things. And God's going to give you a new, a freshness in your heart and a strength to go on. How many know there's some circumstances in our life that hit you so hard that you feel that you can't go on? But aren't you glad for the grace of God and the strength of God that comes to you in those situations when you say, God, I look to you, I wait on you, I trust you. The Bible makes it clear that God empowers those who are powerless. Come on. I want to know, when you feel feeble, God wants to strengthen you. Is anybody listening? Amen. How many know the strength in waiting this morning? Amen. Waiting on the Lord. Hallelujah. And so God doesn't forget. God doesn't, he, he doesn't pass you by. He, he's doing something. Take heart this morning that God is working on your behalf. And, and God has no favorites. Just think, well, I've got a lot of problems, and I've got a lot of sin, and I've got this, and I'm not that, and I'm not this. But listen, God has no favorites. God's waiting to, for you to cry out because He wants to work on your behalf. And it's no, God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't meet your need first because you're more important, or He likes you better, and, and then He puts me in, in the last in line. No, the Bible says the moment I cry out to Him, He hears me. He hears me. Is that right? Come on. Aren't you glad for that? 
Aren't you glad that when you pray, God hears you and there's strength in waiting? God doesn't forget. He doesn't get tired. I'm so glad for that. You know, when you have a really tiring day, how many know you can come and say, God, I give you all this stuff. You're a God that doesn't get tired out. And you know something? God doesn't get weary. What does that mean? He doesn't get tired of you coming to Him. How many parents, you know, you're after like the 50th time, why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? What do we have need? What do we have need? What's going on? Why? I mean, after a while, you get a little weary, don't you? How many know God never gets weary? God doesn't get weary of your questions. God doesn't get weary of your situation, your circumstance. You keep questioning, asking God why, why, why. How many know God doesn't get tired of that? I said, God, God doesn't get tired of that. David said, you've heard my complaint. How many have complained to the Lord lately? And all the truth of the people said, amen. Come on, we've complained. God, why are you answering somebody else's prayer? Why are you blessing them and not me? Why are you doing that? How many know God hears our complaints? And when you've done all you can do, when you've prayed and you've fasted and you've done this and you've read and you've searched the scriptures, guess what you need to do? You need to wait. Wait on the Lord because He's doing something. He's working. It may not be the way you would do it, the time you would do it, but aren't you glad His way is perfect? His way is perfect. And when you get on the other side of it, you say, God, I'm so glad I waited. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful I waited. Amen. I waited. Amen. For to get married when I did because I married the perfect one. Amen. And some of you guys need to just say, Lord, I am so thankful that I waited for you. I'm so, you know, some of you, you know, ladies need to say, I'm so glad I waited. I'm so glad you waited. I'm so glad we waited. I'm so glad we kept ourselves. We waited. We did this. We did that. Come on. We waited. I'm so glad that I didn't go run out and, and purchase that thing I wanted to purchase and invest in that thing or whatever, you know. I'm so glad we waited on the Lord. Amen. How many know we need to wait patiently this morning? God's sending the answer. The, the package is coming to you. It's on its way. You just need to learn that there's strength in waiting on God this morning. Can we stand to our feet? Amen. Again, this message was to the church. This was to Israel. Read it earlier in the chapter and you'll see that Isaiah was writing to Israel. He was writing to the... And we, we know that that's a picture of the church. He's writing to the church. How many know God's calling us to a new season of prayer? A new season of, oh, but Brother Matt, we need to demonstrate. We need to prove this. And we need to lift our voice. And we need to, we, yes, yes, we need to do that. But in the midst of all that, we still cannot forget the Lord. We can't really run ahead of God and say, God, we're going to do it our own way. We're frustrated with the system and the way things are going right now. We're going to just kind of do our own thing. How many know we're waiting on the Lord? How many are waiting for God to save Family members? How many, are, how many are waiting for the Lord to touch people's body? Amen. Healing? How many are waiting for the Lord to bless our city, our economics, and restore some things? How many are waiting for uh, checks to come in? You're waiting for clients to pay. Keep waiting on God because there's strength in waiting this morning. I would encourage you today, and I want you to be built up in your faith. Amen. Not to just be feel better about yourself, but take strength in the Lord today. That there's strength in waiting. God's working. God's working. How many believe that we serve a God that hears prayer? The moment you, he said, before you even think it, I know what you're thinking. And the moment it came out your mouth, I had the answer already. The package was already being taped up. It was already being addressed to you. I just shipped it out the moment you spoke it. And so today, whatever you're praying for, whatever you believe in God for, I want to encourage you that strength in waiting on the Lord. I don't know who this message is for today. I just felt prompted, Lord, to speak it and share, amen, that we need to take heart today and not be anxious, 
you know, in the beginning of the year, we saw that there was a lot of fear, and I think it moved into a level of depression, and now it just seems like there's just anger, just frustration. How I many you know God wants us to learn to wait on Him in the midst of all this stuff going on? We need to, because listen, God's going to speak to you right now. Some of you are going through a very, very difficult time or crazy, crazy moment. God wants to speak to you in the midst of the storm. How many know that's when you need to hear from God the most? Aren't you glad that Jesus spoke and he said, we're going to the other side? And when they remembered what Jesus said, it made them feel a little bit better, amen? But we need to hear God right now. If ever there's a time that we really need to move with God right now, it's right now. Amen. And so I believe that in this year, we, we don't need to be selfish. We don't need to be discouraged. We don't need to be nasty. We need to just wait on the Lord and, and draw strength from the Lord. How many know we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might? Amen. We need to be strong in the Lord in this hour. And so whatever you're going through today, we do have a prayer team that's, you know, that wants to pray. They come around the front and they, they'll pray with you. We invite you to come to the front. Or maybe you just grab a hold of somebody on the way out the door and say, would you pray with me today? Amen. We certainly want to do that. But, you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, if he hasn't forgiven you of your sins, you can do that today. The Bible says that over 2,000 years ago, God came in human form and flesh because our sin was so great and we couldn't do ourselves. We could not save ourselves. There's nobody, nothing we could do to save ourselves. But God himself came down in human form. Come on. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says that when he was 33 years old, he died on the cross. His hands were nailed. His feet were nailed. His crown of thorns. He suffered terribly. He bled for us. The Bible says that he took whipping, a whipping on his back that we might be healed. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did that we would walk in a relationship with God once again. Today, the Bible says if you believe in your heart that, that God raised Jesus from the dead and that Jesus came and he died for you, the Bible says you can be saved. Just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and say, God, I'm a criminal in your eyes. I, I, I'm a criminal. I broke your law. I'm the one that turned my back on you. I'm the one that sinned, not you. I'm the one. And so today I repent today. Lord, forgive me. Thank you, Lord, that you said, amen, that your blood washes and cleanses me from all sin and unrighteousness. And I stand whole and complete in Jesus Christ today. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this moment and opportunity we have to be encouraged by you. I want to be encouraged today by you. I, I need to stir myself up and I need to I'd get away from some of the things that are surrounding me. And I just need to get up to that, that place in you, Lord, as it were. Not an emotional experience, but a position in the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm seated together to, today with you in heavenly places. And I want to look from that perspective, from a God perspective today on the world and my situation, my family. And I want to see what you see. I want to hear what you hear. And I want to speak what you are telling me today over my situation in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to wait on you. And I want to draw strength while I'm waiting in Jesus' name.